Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jay Park. Welcome to it, folks. So let's begin the show this way by introducing tonight's players. I am Joey Clark. It's called the Joey Clark Radio Hour. I host this show Monday through Friday. If you can't catch the whole thing, we have a podcast. It's available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere podcasts are available if you can't listen to the whole show. Now, to my left, Southern Wood. How are you, sir? I am doing well. How are you tonight, Joey? I'm very, very good. And to my right is Mr. Seth Spotlow. How are you, sir? Let's play a game, man. You know, and seeing myself in that window over there, it's not a good look. It's not like a mirror, but seeing you, Southern Wood, seeing you, Seth, we could call this show like a redneck, a hobo, and a fruit. <laughs> ah! Oh, I love you so much. That was that was awesome because it's so true. Because I'm in such a silly mood right now. I mean, there's some things going on around the Don't world. Call Seth a redneck. He does not look homeless. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I, I don't see y'all arguing that I look like a fruitcake. Well, well yeah, you got that thing on you. When head. we first right. met, I had to be like, hey, dude, I'm not like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just trying to give you a shoulder rub, baby. It look like you're tense, you know? Every, You've been working all day. Every time I go in somewhere, they're like, sir, we don't have a restroom. <laughs> it's seriously one of my favorite lines of dialogue to this day is the beginning. It Well, Pulp Fiction's all over the place. It's not a linear story. But where John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson are walking down the hallway and they're talking about Marcellus Wallace and how Marcellus Wallace... Travolta's character is going to have to go on a date with Wallace's girl. He's like, be careful, man. Be careful. He killed the last guy who, you know, went a little too far. And it's like, why did he kill him? Because, well, he, he was giving her a foot massage. It's like, a foot massage? That's not cheating. I mean, that's just taking care of something. The line back to him, the question back was, would you give a man a foot massage? Mm. That was a good foot rub. Would you give a man a foot massage? And unless I was a professional masseuse... Where that was what you would have to do, description of the job. Oh, my feet are just yelling at me today. Could you work on my feet? Okay. Yeah, it's in your job description. But if you're not a masseuse, you don't rub another man's feet unless you're into that sort of thing. I'm not a foot guy. It's a very personal thing. But if you asked, I'd You're not a foot it. guy? I'm not a foot guy. I'm a boob guy. But if you ask me to rub your feet, <laughs> I wasn't I trying to get into that. I mean... Who isn't, though, Mr. Spotlow? Some people feed guy. Yeah, people like tatas. I know, but people like people. You know, that's the thing. And then people also hate people. It's fun. Generalizations, they're a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people like people. That blanket statements are the greatest. Oh, it's fantastic, is it not? <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, we can have some fun tonight. I don't know where to go. There's all sorts of things going on in the world. Like Netanyahu came out today saying we're about to make war with Iran. It does seem like the Arab states 
And the only exception in the Middle East is the weird Alawite sect in Syria, the Assad regime. They're, I think, Iran's pretty much only ally. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Also Baghdad and Iraq. But that's because the U.S. overthrew the Saddam Hussein. But most of the Arab states are ready to go. Like, they are very wary of Iran. Israel, of course, is wary of Iran. I think they rightfully should be. Sure. I mean, when you, you have a whole... It's not just like some radicals in the country. When you have the leader of the country leading chants of death to Israel, death to America, you should probably take them seriously. I mean, there are a lot of people who talk a big game in this country. I think too much about taking out Iran, regime change once again. But I don't see Americans, like, running together and going, like, death to Iran. That, it's a different concept. You might get Americans to, like, cheer, we will take out Iran, we have the mm-hmm. biggest, baddest military in the world. But you don't hear Americans like, yeah, let's just destroy the whole population. It's not what we do. That's because we're number one. If we were number two, we'd be yelling, hey, down with number one. Nah. I think that is actually a wise statement. I think there's something... There's something to that. There's something to... It's why people don't like Tom Brady. It's why people don't uh, like the Yankees. The University of Alabama. Right. That's, I mean, that's Unfortunately, just, for you know, as us Auburn fans will attest to. Yeah, you got that right, man. Yeah, there's something frustrating. It's almost like envy. It runs through the human race and always has. And, and I would not say death... Uh, Iranians? No, not at all. But if look, if those cats over there want to fight, I say let them fight. It really is unfortunate because the young population mm-hmm. there, I think they like Western culture. I actually think that's our best weapon. In the same way, it was our best weapon against the Soviet Union during the Cold War is American but, culture. But but yeah. if they don't do it for themselves, though, Joey, I mean, there's no amount of propaganda that you can infuse into a culture to get them to do what you think they should be doing Mm -hmm. and what you think is right. Because, little sidebar here, we may not be right. We've been very successful. We have a great country. The way we do it works out really, really good, but they're not desiring freedom over there. Let them fight. But what I think we should do is say, all right, if y'all want to fight, if Iran, Iraq, Israel, Jordan, Syria, Yemen, all y'all want to oh, fight. One you left one out. Watch out for Oman. It, Those boys, they got it's a tiny country. Well, you, bear, you always miss them on the map. But I've heard the people of Oman really can kick some ass. They got nothing on the United Arabs, the United Emirate of Arabs, or whatever. Or, or also, there's what Qatar or for a while. Do you remember for guitar. a while? Yeah, guitar. <laughs> Gutter? Like, how do you say it? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like with Osama bin Laden. People were, for a little while, some networks would be Osama with a U instead of Osama. And it's just, and then there was the whole slip of the tongue with many news reporters and anchors where they would say Obama bin Laden, Osama bin Laden. Uh, it's like, yeah. Uh, the news anchors, how about the vice president, Joe Biden? Well, in this, oh. yeah. He said, Obama bin Laden. Oh, excuse me. Osama, Obama. I, I mean, uh, uh, bin Laden, Osama. Oh, oh and then, and, man. But, oh, man. But I say, let them fight. If they want to fight, fight. Right. But keep it within your borders. Mm-hmm. Don't go to launching nukes. Mm-hmm. You know, don't go to saying, well, let's get up into Turkey, which I know that's kind of part of it. Like, 
well, now that we're up here, let's go into Russia. Right. No, no. no, no. You just stay on your piece of sand, and y'all fight it out and kill one another. They probably <laughs> would if it didn't have to do so much with that pipe. Right. The pipe? The pipe. The pipeline? Yeah, laying the pipe. Oh, right. Laying the pipe. Line. Wait, the pipeline. Yeah. Okay. I was just trying You taught to... me something one day. Yeah. 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 And when, there's, and there's that's, always an argument over oil. That, Oil's and, a real yeah. concern. And that's where it gets so complicated because, you know, what goes along with the pipeline is who are the interests in the pipeline? Mm-hmm. The interest in the pipeline, they're going to pick a side and they're going to fund that side. They're going to help that side. They're going to give assistance to them in some way, whether it be with physical troops or just here, we're going to send you a couple of these. You know, plain load of money. Yeah, ground air missiles or or what have you. Right, and and so it makes it more complicated because you have to keep an eye on everybody else in the world. But if everybody would just stay out of it, let them get out there on the playground and fight. The and, number one and rule figure in fights, out. there are no fair fights. Because that would empower the people, like you're talking about, Joey, the mm-hmm. young people that that want it to be different. They like yeah, Western they culture. They would say, "Hey, whoa." What in the world are we fighting for? Exactly. I'm not fighting to have to wear a burqa and walk behind my husband and not be able to drive a car and not learn how to read. Well, and that is such a great tragedy. You see pictures from 50, 60 years ago of Afghanistan, of Iran even. And it's, I mean, the women are wearing clothes skimpier than American women today. I mean, they're... Very modern in many ways. I don't think that should be necessarily the, the measure of a modern great society is how short is that skirt? I mean, I don't mind that measure. But I'll do that the, research. It's an example to the way freedom. that they're treated. Exactly. The and the skirt, the more freedom. Where, by the way, and I, this is a serious question, and I, I think I'm I'm playing a little dumb here. But where in the world does that come from? The cover your woman, and I said your on purpose. Quran. Well, yes, there. No, uh, not necessarily. Because I think there were people that were Muslims back when they were wearing the short skirts. Have, have you ever Decades. met? Have you ever met a Mennonite? Oh, I've, heard, I've, I've. The name rings. Oh, about. by the way, that reminds me of a joke. Stole this from Christopher oh, Hitchens. Awesome. It's a simple joke I stole from Christopher Hitchens. Oh, cool. Why was the Amish girl? You got to know your religious do- denominations here, folks. Why was the Amish girl banned from the colony? Two Mennonite. <laughs> All right, now tell me what a Mennonite is so I can really get it. It's a different it's, sect of it's Christianity. It's very similar to the Amish. They're very prudish. The men, Even more so than the, the Amish. Women, the women do not cut their hair. <laughs> and two Mennonite is not good. And, <laughs> I mean, they wear little caps to cover their head because they take one small scripture out of the Bible that says that a woman should have her head covered. with it. Or it's a disgrace if a woman's head is not covered. Uh, they, it, it just gets into some real hardcore, right. don't use electricity. Now, the Mennonites, I think the biggest difference in the Amish and the Mennonites is the Amish don't use electricity unless it's made by a generator. And the Mennonites will actually use actual electricity to power a light bulb. So they can use electricity if they have like a water wheel system, going, like yeah. hydropower. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Wow. Or even gasoline power. I mean, they've got okay. They've got even diesel power. They want to be self sufficient. And, and I'm not an expert. And I looked this up a while ago because I cannot stand. But folks, focus on 
income taxes, for instance. You might even focus on capital gains, the corporate tax rate, whatever tax. Tariffs, that's another form of taxation. But I was it drives me nuts because it hits me the hardest is payroll taxes, especially if you're an independent contractor. You're looking at 15.7% or something coming out of your paycheck for Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and FICA taxes, disability. And even if you are splitting that 15 and and a half, let's call it, with your employer, that's still really coming out of your pocket because that's a cost of employing you Mm -hmm. for the employer. And so I just can't stand that tax. I think it's one of the worst taxes out there withholding. Because people, and this is the whole outrage over, my tax refund's lower this year. Damn you, orange man. Orange man in White House, I do not like you. Yeah, but everybody because people don't understand less was withheld. Exactly. Everybody's paycheck went up in January of last year. Right. Everybody's did because right. the withholdings changed because your taxes were going to be lower. Exactly. The amount that you actually pay, look on your W2, look at the end what you contributed on your FICA that pretty much does not change. But there is a way to get out of it. On a W-2, your FICA does not change. Right, it doesn't. Your withholdings to the state and the federal, that's where your deductions come in, and that's what changes, is they withheld $2,745. Well, we're going to send you $700 back. Right. That just means they stole $700 from you all And for folks who aren't in the know, with the new tax code, uh, taxes were reduced pretty much across the board. Now, some people might have a higher tax burden in high-tax states because there's now a cap on how much you can deduct from state and local taxes from your federal taxes. And that sucks, but, you know, you live in those high-tax states, and I think you've been uh, getting an interesting deal for the last few years. Things have changed, but one part of the tax law is the Treasury Department is now trying to configure withholding so that they withhold what will be just about, it'll be maybe a little less, a little more, and you can change this yourself, but the standard withholding rule will withhold and take out of your check what we think you're going to owe at the end of the year. So it's a wash. You don't get anything back. You don't have to pay more. We just we already took it out of your paycheck. But anyway, I can't stand the withholding tax because it makes taxes more in, invisible it doesn't show people, okay, when it comes to April 15th, or in my case, like October, maybe February the next year, you actually have to pay the federal government. Mm-hmm. That's more, business owners like yourself, Southernwood, understand this. Yeah, and, and, then it, and then they have and they have drilled this into the psyche of the uh, American worker yep. that I'm getting money back. I know last year... I got $2,000 back. You know, I should get about $2,000 back this year. Well, you spend every penny you make, no matter what it is. Whether you're getting $50 extra dollars a month, $100 extra dollars a month, doesn't matter. You spend every bit of that, and you're counting on the government giving you something back, and we've gotten into the mindset of the government's giving me money. Right. No, they're not. It's your money. They're returning money that they have been holding. And people don't understand that. And we're not, and we're not. We're not disciplined enough to say, hey, I got an extra $35, you know, per pay period. But I put that $35 in a savings account, and at the end of the year, hey, you you know what you're going to have? 
You got you got four thousand dollars in the bank. See, I'm a new business owner, so I am learning this stuff, and it is Good ridiculous. Luck. It's amazing. It's like, oh, it, America's a free country. Then you go try to start a business, and it's like, what? I got to I got to do what? It is ridiculous. And it's worse with certain business. You know, say you want to open up a nuclear power plant. I am practical enough to go. Yeah, we should have some people, even if it's the government, checking out to make sure. All sorts of safeguards. I don't want a nuclear meltdown and thousands, if not millions, dead. Right. That'd be, you know, okay, I get that. But even in this state, and some dude called me off air, lit into me one day a couple of years ago, but you have to go through hundreds of hours of licensing classes to become a barber in this state. Yes. To braid yeah. hair. To do... Occupational licensing, in my mind, is just too onerous. It really hurts people that are trying to pick themselves up off their bootstraps. But I'm away from the point. I don't like the withholding tax at all. And I found one exception. I think if you become like an Amish or a Mennonite preacher, or you become Amish or Mennonite, because they have a religious exemption from this because they're self-sustaining. I think any person of the cloth can get that exemption. Yes, so I should start my own church. Well, wait, th- that's another interesting. I'm going to become an efficient. No, I'm 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 pretty sure that I'm right about. I'm like 99.9 percent. You you don't have to buy out of the you don't have FICA, to. right? But you can, you can choose to, right? Well, maybe you, I should become a man of the cloth. You have to be an ordained minister by some <laughs> recognized. I'm going to become an efficient. Okay, Joey, we should start a religion. You were telling me about this. Now mm-hmm. this. This is not really... I can't remember what church it's from, but you can go online and you can get licensed to officiate wedding. Yes. And I had some friends of mine that uh, I said, hey, just get set to do it. And they were like, oh, yeah. And I've been thinking about it. Of course. Sure. Right. But it, you said recognize religion. That's another thing I'd need to dig into more. See, Because w- how does the government come up with a recognized religion? For instance, like, there are easy answers like, okay, Christianity and all sorts of different Christian denominations. Islam's not as old as Christianity or Judaism, but it's pretty old. I get that. Like, if you're going to set up a mosque somewhere, all right, uh, you're, you're pretty much a recognized religion. But how the hell, for instance, and excuse me, pardon me to all you folks living in Montgomery, did Scientology get recognized? Like, the guy who found it, your religion, was a fiction writer. Um, that's not an insult. He literally was a science fiction writer. Like, he was amazing at it. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not saying his books are good. I'm saying his he was so prolific. He was a BS artist. Brilliant at it. And don't get me wrong. There might be some aspects of Scientology if somebody adheres to it. And it, if it just... A lot of different things that we all probably find wacky, can discipline your life and can make mm-hmm. you better. Like auditing or something, it's like, okay, we're going to hook you up to these electrodes. And, you know, oh, I saw the needle move. Tell me more. You, when you were talking about your mother, the, there was a pulse or something. Tell me about that. But that's easy. That's how mentalists work. That's how psychics work. They read people really well. And that can work. Kind of what we got to do. I went to Google, and I said, how do you create a religion? Okay, how do you create a religion? Create your own scripture. Create or affirm your own rituals. Realize that in religion, nothing is just something. Hmm. There's nothing wrong with borrowing. Hmm. Remember, you are the founder, 
the prophet of your own religion, <laughs> such, but such not creepy. it's God, but it's not God. Yeah, it's saying it. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, we're gonna get know. hung for this. <laughs> yeah, there's just stuff out there like uh, like Mormonism. Now, let me be clear: every Mormon I've met, I've liked. Like they really. I think there's something going on there at this point where it does create a lot of family formation, a lot of charity, a lot of strong communities. I can't knock that. I won't. But when you start talking about your founding, like, scriptures and how the religion came to be and how it was revealed to the world. Dude looking in the hat with some throwing stones in it. Right. I'm like, huh? What? Really? I just... I'm... I'm very skeptical, and I don't ever want to be too rude to somebody, but that one, I'll invite, I've been, I have, I'm the type of guy, some missionary of whatever faith comes to my door. Like, come on in. Come on in. <laughs> I remember I invited one Mormon guy in, and I did not plan this. I was actually hanging out with one of my buddies at his house in high school. It had to be summer. He said in the middle of the day, and his folks weren't home. We're hanging out in their place, and... Uh, Missionaries, Mormon missionaries show up with the little button-up shirt and the tie. You can see their bikes hanging out. You know, I, I don't know if they're so trustworthy and faithful they didn't even have a bike lock on. I mean, but who steals a bike, honestly? Like, yeah, you're really going to get away with that quickly. People do all the time. Man, I've lost like two. What? Yeah, people steal your bike. You better lock it up. Yeah, anyway, lock it up. <laughs> lock it up, lock it up, and I'm not talking about Hillary or Donald Trump. Let's leave that out of the, the conversation. <laughs> but we invite these Mormons in, and they start telling us about uh, the Book of Mormon. Because we, um, it was, I believe my friend John and I, were both early on, preschool, raised Catholic, Catholic school, mass every Sunday, mass every Friday for that matter, because we're at Catholic school. We have literal Catholic religious classes in our curriculum. So we know Roman Catholicism pretty well, or at least we knew how to pass the tests. Uh, but we invite them in, and as they're talking, I notice one of the guys sitting on the couch, his eyes keep darting down towards the coffee table. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? And I didn't bring it to his attention that I noticed him doing this. They keep darting down. I'm really trying to pay attention and not mock them. Hear them out in good faith. And I finally dart my eyes down, and he's staring at some bombshell on the cover of Maxim magazine. <laughs> I'm like, good for you, dude. Mormons like to yeah. have sex, too. All right. All right. He was sitting down for a reason. But I have yet, even though it's a joke and a cliche, I have yet to have a Jehovah's Witness come to my door. Really? Yeah. And I would welcome him in. I'd talk to him. Because the little... I the, I know about that particular religion only and solely because of Prince. He made a whole concept album out of it called The Rainbow Children. It's yeah. a, the music in it's awesome. But the lyrics in it, as I'm reading and listening to him, going, what in the world is this? All right, so the Mormons are on the bikes. Yeah, right. they're the guys yeah. on the bikes. Okay, who are the Jehovah's Witness? Or do they have a something that stands out about they them? They just they just come to your house. Oh, okay. They drive, but they give you the yeah. little pamphlets and, about. Yeah, and and I I saw the weirdest thing the other day. I went by a Kingdom Hall. That's what they call there. Okay. And there was a sign on the front door that said "No soliciting." Ah, <laughs> boom! They know how. I bet if you have one of those on your door, they won't come. <laughs> okay, it's I'm just doing Wikipedia here, folks. So don't take this as 
Gospel. That was a joke. <laughs> All you JWs out there, I, 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 I get along with you fine. But just here's the first paragraph from Wikipedia. It, Jehovah's Witnesses is a millennial restorationist Christian denomination with non-Trinitarian beliefs distinct from mainstream Christianity. Mm-hmm. Well, right there, that's making me go, well, that's not what I was taught in Catholic school. That's interesting. I guess they believe in, like, the Godhead or something, or, I don't know, the single God. I don't know. I it's could keep different. Reading. No, it's, I mean, the best of my knowledge of it, and, and we can, you can go through it and, and test my knowledge of the religion, and I don't want to speak for them because I'm not okay. one. Okay, they believe they're... They believe that Jesus was created by God. He was not God in the mm, flesh. Okay. And he was the highest created angel, even above Lucifer, and and so he is a step down. That's kind of the biggest catching point between what even Catholicism and all your Protestant beliefs believe. When they believe uh, their denomination in a historic sense is a restoration of first century Christianity. Huh. Tetragrammaton. Yeah. That's a weird world. Yeah. They emphasize the use of God's name and they prefer the form Jehovah, a vocalization of God's name based on the Tetragrammaton. Uh, it, you should you should pray to God and not to the the Trinity. Huh? That's I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean it's it's a different way of looking at things. Well, as long and, as you're a good person, go for it. See, but that is that's a hard question to answer because I agree. Like we we want to be good people. Yeah. But like when you start to flesh that out, especially how complicated the world can be, it's like, oh man. I think that's where Christianity makes salvation different than that. Right. Because I'm, I'm with you. Be a good person. Mm-hmm. Go for it. It sounds easy, but it's not. Oh, but it's very but not. Christianity is based on the teachings of Christ, and Christ said, no man comes to the Father but by me. But by me is a definite affirmative statement. It's, no, don't be a good person and go for it. You can be a great person and go for it. You know, you can be the rich young ruler and be a wonderful human being, but if it's not through Christ, you don't get there to salvation. Mm-hmm. That's the teachings of Christianity. Yeah, people they people back away from that and won't. But that's the, the way of the truth and the light. The way the truth and the light. You either run toward it or you run away from it because well, you're either right or you're wrong. Well, and I've always uh, that same friend who we met the Mormons with, John. He reminded me over uh, this past Christmas break when I got to see him recently that, Joey, you... Like, I was talking about how I, I would ask weird questions, not trying to just stump a teacher. I do that occasionally. But I would genuinely ask, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? Like, if that's the story, you know, here, if that's the standard, where does that standard lead us? These sorts of things. And I was saying, yeah, I'd ask this in, like, eighth grade, ninth grade, high school kept going in college asking these questions and he said no dude you were doing that in like third grade fourth grade like really yeah so i've always been a a questioner like the topic of religion uh has always fascinated me because i think it's important that's kind of crazy because that's the one thing you're not supposed to question right but at this point in the world i think even the most devout person has to look out at the world and go gum!" and this is what we're dealing with this is what like we started off talking about the Middle East, and now Jews and Sunni Muslims are joining together against 
uh, Shiite Muslims and potentially a war, but it's not just about religion, though that's a big part of it. It's also political domination and economic domination in the region. But the religion is inseparable from the conversation. So I think everybody's kind of having to reckon with this idea of it is the, one of the, probably the most powerful force in the world. Well, and that's what you have in the Middle East to some extent. It I think it's moving away a little bit in some of the nations, but you've got that theocratic right. ideal. Too dogmatic. And you can't remove the political from the religious. Re- religious. Right. You know, I mean, that's the way it it's is. Too dogmatic. I mean, that's, you know, Israel proper. They want to go back to the Old Testament. I mean, they want to go back to Israel is the capital of the universe, basically, yeah. but at least of of the nation of Israel. No, and and we're going to rule by get the book of Deuteronomy out, and this is the way we're going to rule. No, and I these would are the say laws we're going to From follow. the little bit I've read, and I'm not an expert. There is more diversity of opinion in Israel about Israel's role and what Israel should do than there is in the United States or, I think, anywhere else. It probably is because we probably built Israel up into something that they don't even want to be. But that Some was, of them do, but not the population is pretty diverse not uh, amongst all of them. Jews. Yeah, but see and see that was the problem when Christ came. If you believe the scriptures. That was a problem when he came and says, no, I'm not setting up my earthly kingdom right now. So, so that didn't fit with well, their narrative. They were like, no, you're going to sit on the throne of David right, right now. And if you're not that king, well, you're not the one we want. And there is a new, it's fairly new. It's a couple of years old. Morgan Freeman has kind of hosted a documentary God. Uh, on God. And, yeah, he's like, and that's how they started. He's like, I've played God in some movies, so I have the voice of God, as some people call it. Why not uh, Why not search it? It really does begin with a poignant moment. It starts with him on a bridge in Mississippi where he grew up. Um, and he said, the first, I encountered my first love here. I encountered um, my you know first tragedies, but I've encountered also the ultimate tragedy here. And I remember visiting this bridge and throwing sticks and rocks into the river flowing underneath, thinking about my relatives who had just passed and my siblings. And so it's not a flippant documentary. It's not a documentary that's really taking a side. He, and so he's like the question of death is there life after death. He explores uh, different Christian denominations. He talks to uh, Jews and Hindus and Buddhists. And it's just fascinating to me. But here's my point. I've always thought about and been fascinated by religion in the sense of we sit down and we have a conversation. You're a Mormon? Come on in. You want something to drink? Like, not a, not alcohol. I'm not trying to make a cheap joke. Like, you want some water? Um, yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about the Book of Mormon. You're Jehovah's Witness. You're, I've had Baptists come to my door. I've had different types of people. I even used to love the fire and brimstone preachers on the campuses call all the girls whores and like all these the men tyrants of some sort and sinners. Yeah, the holy rollers. Right. And I love, be- and those guys would get crowds around them, but most people are just, it's just a measuring contest. Curiosity. Because you would, what would be funny is like one denomination, like a Baptist would start yelling at the guy, and then a Catholic would start yelling at the guy, then the Catholic and the Baptist would start yelling at each other. And they're, yeah. also, they're also like 18, 19-year-old kids, so what the hell do you know? You believe strongly, and that's fine, but like, come on, man. I used to love to get into the middle of that and not yell at them and just talk to them. And it was a lot of fun. So I like my approach to this and why I love it so much is it's a conversation. 
it's an ongoing thing that we can learn together because it is something most people throughout human history have thought very, people are doing that we've all thought about what does it mean to have a soul what is it happens after we die all these big questions i think are very natural that's something sometimes i meet atheists that are a little too hung up on their scientific truth and that's that's truth like yes scientific truth has done incredible things for us and i'll defend it uh with my life even in many ways but you cannot deny this impulse to try to figure out things that are a little bit beyond our basic comprehension so for me, it's always like, let's talk about that thing that's a little bit beyond our comprehension, the, the unknowable, a little beyond our understanding. Let's talk about the things that I find that I've been had revelations about and had revealed truth, and the tradition I was raised in claims is revelation, and you will talk about your revelation. I love that. Mm-hmm. But when you get down to it, I have yet and rarely ever, I don't think I've ever met somebody where it's like Iran. It's like Saudi Arabia. It's like how some Christian governments used to be, where it is so stringent that there is no conversation. Right. This is how it is, and you better shut up and toe the line. And I think Because if you do the questions, you're losing your head. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the map of Iran and all that, there's like 10 different religions. And they're all right next door to each other. And it doesn't have to be an explicitly religious thing. It could even be explicitly atheist and materialist. Yeah. Look at Russia with under Stalin. It was explicitly in their doctrine, the world is material. And they had their theory of... It almost, though, kind of mimicked religion. Because they had a theory of history. Here's how things began. Now, this is where we're going to... It, it is a religion. Yeah. It's just a religion without a god. Which is, is what it is. Ends up you make man God, and, and that's a luck with that thought. And that's where the issue comes up, is what, what we're talking about. When you're talking about the Jehovah's Witnesses, and the Mormons, and the Catholics, and the Protestants, and the Baptists, and you're talking about different denominations within a certain belief. That's a different in a Sunni... Uh, Muslim and any yep. you know other Muslim, it's just a sect. You know, you right. had even in the Jewish sect, you had the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the Herodians well, at the time of Christ. They're different sects. They have S E C T S, right? What of you know the same master religion, but they have their own denomination to them, and so denominational people they have the same narrative. They have the same, they all realize, like in the case of Christian denominations, here's, there's Jesus, and this Start is what he did. Start from the same he point the and get to a different end. Right. And that's what politics has become, is like you were talking about. That's what scares me. Don't, don't ask the question. Don't ask a question. That's what scares Holler me. talking points from one side and the other side. No! You shall call no man father, Matthew 14, 15! You're wrong, Catholics! Well, and it's just, there's something about that seems to be creeping back, and it doesn't have to be a missionary at your door. I I think, actually, the people that are sort of these zealots now are politically zealots. They're political zealots. And it's sort of, it's unnerving, because to me, the only way we find more revealed truth and objective truth is... We put that dialogue that we're going to have a conversation, and in good faith, I'm not talking about deception, I'm not talking about point scoring, you have to put that at the top of your values, that we have to be open to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Or it leads to 
Well, what we see in a lot of different countries, and again, it doesn't have to be Iran and theocracy. It could be China and the Communist Party. It could be all sorts of things we've seen throughout history, and it's a, it's a trend that's coming back, and thank God, and I use those words in particular, it's the best way to put it. It's not a flippant thank God. Thank God Almighty, the highest possible good we can think of and, and ever even imagine or comprehend and put out there that we have found that in this country, and let's not let it go away, because it will create a hell if we go away from that. Even in the name of doing good, even in the name of doing what's right, if we lose that sense of being able to talk to one another, to again, using very religious terms, bear witness to one another, then we are going to a very dark place of hell here on earth. And like you said in the beginning with Iran, you said that those guys are starting to talk. And it's evolving to where they're not killing each other. They're able to communicate each religion to Turn. each other without fighting, and now something's getting done. Well, I mean... Hopefully the, it'll continue that way. I think the, one of the most impending fights is Iran versus the Arab states and Israel. And in, because we're so in the middle of everything, military support, diplomatic relations, economic... The United States is also in the middle of that conversation. And it's... Uh, and got to draw us back in. Right. And I, I do not like thinking that, oh, there will be a reckoning someday. I think that can be very self-fulfilling. Um, the the old sure. old wonky phrases don't immunitize the eschaton. Don't try to bring about the end times to put that nerdy phrase, hoity toity phrase, in a different terms. But oh my god, guys, we're almost like forty five minutes after the hour. We get hit a break. That was a long segment. Yeah, but I, I I love this stuff. I'm passionate about this stuff. But what I'm really saying I'm passionate about is free and open dialogue, freedom. Freedom of religion is probably, if I look at all the things the United States has stood up for, it is freedom of religion and freedom of speech and thought. That is the best thing we have going for it's, us. Yeah. I mean, it's just as important as freedom to bear arms. It yeah, really is. It really is. And that's, yes. But there's a reason that those were the first. That's the second one. But, folks, this show is brought to you by, I just talked to him on the phone before I came on, Eddie, Eddie Bader, Bader with the Goodson Whoa. Group. He wants to be your full-service realtor, in particular if you're looking to sell your home. He's not just going to you know, hammer a sign in your yard and wait by the phone. Well, hope they call. I mean, he'll do, if you want to set the price of your home in a certain place, he'll do that for you. I mean, he'll play along, but he's going to give you advice. You might want to do this renovation, that repair. Here's how you do a successful open house. Here's the time of the year that might be best available. He can do it all because he's changed his own life. He's learned by doing in the real estate market, and he's helped people successfully sell their homes. He'll get you on all the great listing sites, whether it's, you know, what, Trulia or Zillow or thegoodsongroup.com. They do a great job of aggregating all the listings out there. So if you're looking to sell your home or even buy a home, first-time home buyer, he can connect a lot of you. So give Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group a call, 322 0662. Again, that number for Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group, 322-0662. I like how you guys remembered it. Folks, you're listening to a redneck, a hobo, and a fruit. We'll be back right after this. Joey Clark. Folks, 
The show is also brought to you by four healthy pets over on the Atlanta Highway. Going there tomorrow. Awesome. What are you picking up? I have to get some stuff for Cheech. I got my cat back. You got your cat back? I got my cat back. So what are you going to pick up for Cheech over four healthy pets? I am Little Tone? Uh, no, I'm right here. I'm going to get him some nip, man. I'm going to get him some nip. and Some a, catnip? Yeah, I'm going to get some catnip in an airtight sealed container. Nice. That's yeah. good. Yeah, you don't want him to get it a whiff of it and go break into the whole can. It's a whole stash. Want, I don't want my kid to have stale nip. Well, and isn't Teresa just fantastic? She is just the nicest person ever. And she essentially took her own passion, ladies and gentlemen, for wanting to take care of her own pets, her cats, her dog, and realized that if you got to do some homework when it comes to high-quality, all-natural food that'll really leave your pet healthy. I mean, it just... I warn you, don't go to the big box store and look for the bottom of the barrel kind of price. You know what she has that they don't have? A freaking freezer for the food that's got to stay cold. Exactly. You get that all-natural, high-quality food, or you get l- treats, like with cats. Catnip is a lot of fun. Meow, wanna. The chicken jerky for dogs. I mean, so good people can eat it. That's what we mean by all-natural. Or, I mean, they had all-natural, like, turkey bites for dogs. We gave some to the Red and Fuzzy Big Booty Buddha, Mr. Gimli, our Fox Red Labrador Retriever. The they're, crack. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're like, freeze-dried after they're kind of dried out like turkey pellets ah they're really good for them but they're great Teresa can essentially help you navigate this world of pet food and treats and toys too like I love Gimli would love an elk antler because he'll that thing will last for months if he doesn't kick it under the couch it's like come on man stop kick when we moved we found so many under the couch it's like did you eat the whole thing already no you kicked it under your hiding spot anyway go buy four healthy pets on the atlanta highway the village east shopping center right next to faulkner university tell teresa joey said hi seth said hi southernwood said hi that you heard us here on the radio she will leave your pet healthy and happy so you are happy and healthy and smelling like a flower exactly <sighs> so so, so, so. I don't know. There's not much in the news today. It's like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean there's not much in the news today? Didn't you hear? The Senate and the and the House, the conference committee has come up with a deal on border security and $1.37 billion for the wall and more agents and more beds and Trump may or may not sign it even though he's not happy. And yeah, how interesting is that? Yeah, yawn. Right. I, I still go back to do your damn job, pass a budget, and you won't right. have to worry about any of these. Exactly. Pass the budget. I think where the real action and the real war is, though, and this is why I brought up sort of dogmatism, is if you look at places uh, like Twitter, for instance, I, be honest, I'm kind of, I don't think it's a good idea. Obviously, I'm all for freedom, not for banning anything. But the way people are behaving on websites like Twitter, it's become this almost uh, self-serving, like you, you, you're looking for news and facts, but you end up just repeating. Your, it's an echo chamber in many ways. And people self-select and segregate themselves online, and then they go fight the other tribe. Looking for news in all the wrong places. And, and then it, there's yeah. so much confirmation bias going on. They're looking to just build up their narrative. And... I mean, there are people on the left I can talk to all day, every day. There really are folks, if you take the time, sensible people who might be on the left. They might want a bigger welfare state than I do. All right? I'll talk to you. But they're usually, I mean, most Americans, and this is what gives me hope, are actually pretty sensible 
people. They're just trying to make a living, trying to enjoy their life. Some things in life suck, but no, we're trying to get by. But it's these extreme factions that are out there that I think are, for some reason, driving the conversation. And I think that reason is that outrage leads to people paying attention. If you yell and scream, like say you're in the middle of a Walmart and, you know, you're there to pick up some... I know coolant for your car because your radiator is overheating, and all of a sudden you like just see from across the store this huge warehouse, somebody yelling and screaming. You're gonna pay attention, sure. Now, what? How does it make you feel? It's like on alert. Number one, you're paying attention. I'm on alert. Like what the hell is about to happen? I am, and you're kind of it's fight or flight. You know what I mean? It really is that emotion. Luckily, that doesn't happen often out in public because it's amazing. When you actually have to look at people like we're looking at each other right now, sometimes people fight and get really heated, but not as often as online. These brave keyboard warriors that are just ready to go. And there are just some aspects of especially the left now where I don't think they're going to be successful in 2020. I think this upcoming election, the more I look at the political landscape, is Trump's to lose. That Trump will have to shoot himself in the foot. Or, and I doubt something's coming out of the Mueller investigation, but if something does, something does, but I doubt it. But the Democrats are so stretched thin, and they're becoming, there's a certain portion of them that's not only like, you know, the Tea Party was more conservative or even libertarian than, say, the, your average George W. Bush Republican. But I think there was kind of the same basis. And all that division that did exist, Trump has sort of united the party. Whereas the Democrats, that's, it's similar to the rise of the Tea Party, but it's a little bit different. Because when I would listen to Tea Party folks, they're not really that different than what Reagan said. And what even George W. Bush said, he didn't necessarily do it, but they spoke the same language, like free markets and, you know, family values. It's the same bumper stickers you see every time we have an election here in Alabama. The Tea Party just took those more seriously than, say, Mm -hmm. what we would call a rhino. Whereas on the left, it's not just they're more extreme. There's some of that, like... We want single-payer health care instead of this subsidized thing we call Obamacare. But it's now just, like, completely different worldviews in some ways. Like, to where they're having trouble even creating a coalition. It's sort of, they're eating their own, in a way. I feel like they doubted the American people so much that they, and now they're figuring out that how wrong they really are. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to dig themselves out of a hole or not make the hole any deeper or the i mean maybe maybe the green new deal is what the people who voted for alexander ocasio cortez wanted for instance but that's one section of the country some of them have and i think i think that is to go along with what you're saying i think that that wing of the left is so much further from mainstream i mean tea party got kind of a bad name. They got poked fun of and all this, but they weren't... They're to the right of mainstream, no Mm -hmm. doubt. No doubt. But they're not as far right of mainstream as, you know, we're going to start catching cow farts. Right. And do away with airplanes. And 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 build a 
a railroad across the Pacific Ocean. That's, <laughs> well, uh, you know, I mean, that's so far to the left of mainstream. Well, but then it's also ridiculous. the cultural stuff. It's like, you know... Well, you're talking about, like, kill babies no, after like, they come out of the womb? Well, let's take feminism, for one. Which, I guess, that abortion is part of the feminist argument. But I think even us sitting here by, like... 1960s standards even in some regards I think most people are actually pretty feminist they wouldn't call themselves that most people don't identify even women as feminists he was around then but <laughs> you're giving him the Michigan hello right his there. face says no but his beard says yes <laughs> yes for just but for men. I think like a lot of the old battles were won and I think rightfully so in many ways but it gets to where, no, we're still going strong with the feminism. To where, if you're going to talk about we speak for women, and even the women who voted for Trump, they just don't know what... How condescending. It's like you just don't know what's good for you. Well, and You've I, been brainwashed. I think that is one problem with a movement, is movements are needed. Mm-hmm. We needed racial equality in this country. We needed it. I, I'm... Yes, but oh yeah. Once you achieve it, or basically, I mean, you're never going to eradicate anything. Period. But once you achieve it, then what happens to the leaders of the movements? They don't walk out and get a, a ring and say, "We won. We've right. got equality. Find more now. Hate. We can stop." They're like, "Oh, where's my next paycheck going to mm-hmm. come from? I've got to manufacture." more things to fight against. I've got to gin up something, and just like with the feminist movement. Okay, women want to do this, want to do that, for the most part. I mean... Well, the word that comes to mind is petty. Yeah. Some stuff is just downright petty. You've got to perpetuate the original sin and invent ways of, you know, diagnosing other problems as something that they are not. Well, Because it's like this. A perfect example... Women get paid less than men. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest bunch of BS that you've ever heard. You got that it's right. like, which women? Now, Number one. You ever worked in a bar? Exactly. Listen, what they do is they take a general, right. there's 100 women working and 100 men working. Different jobs. These, Yeah, yeah. Don't pay attention to that. These women make, you know, $10 an hour. The men make 15 an hour. That That's... You, that's discrimination on the form, in the form of payment to them. Well, no. They're doing different jobs. Plus, you've got to think about with women, there are certain things. Women take care of the children, for the most part. Even in two working family households, right. when the child's sick, the woman's going to stay home with the child if somebody needs to be. When the woman has a baby, she's going to be on paternity leave for six weeks. If you are running a business and you are 100% just imagine, Joey, mm-hmm. if you walked into Rick tomorrow and said, hey, having my baby, I'm going to be <laughs> out for six weeks. You know, what's Dan going to do? What's the station going to do? And legally, do they have to show? work with it. but it's... And they legally have to pay you. You right. have to factor all that in. Well, you know, Joey's 30. He's not married. If he's fixed and they might even be willing to pay and be like, even sure. if they weren't forced by law, but they still got to find somebody to help replace it. That's right. It's, and you have to pay Joey and the person replacing Joey at the same time, so that yeah. cuts in to that whole in, like you were talking about with the FICA stuff. Right. You may not see the 7.5% that your employer's paying, but it's coming out of your check, whether you think it is or not. It's hard when you're a dude and you have to tell your boss you have to take off because your kid's sick. 
Right. You, you know, know they weird. look at you a lot different, man. And they're like, what are you going to do? I'm like, man, I'm going to go take care of my kid. What do you right. think I'm going to do? Exactly. Yeah. You know? And that's going to hinder you. Yeah. You're going to be held back. Yep. Now, and, and that's choices. And that's a noble choice. It's a it's noble right choice. Thing. It's the right thing to do. But when they say, Seth, you don't get this promotion, you know, Joey does, because he's single. You've got to understand. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. And we're out of time. But the extremes, whether you're talking Antifa or like... It, you're not even talking a blip on the stats. 